Amen. Praise the Lord. Well, come on, let's give a great clap. Great big challenge. Wonderful. I wonder if you'd open your Bible in uh, Matthew chapter 11 and verse 12. Matthew 11 verse 12. I like this verse. Some of you probably know it by heart by now. This year is a year of advance. God spoke to me a word advance. Advance means you don't stand still, don't stay where you are. You actually take initiatives to progress forward. Maybe it's finances, marriage, your spiritual life, your relationships, your family. Nothing will advance unless you take initiative and take steps. You have to decide that you're not happy with how it is. There is more, and you will do what's needed to get the more. And uh, just praying about it is not going to do it. And so we saw then that uh, there's no advances without resistance. There's always resistance when you try to advance the kingdom of God. It's inevitable. We live in a world where there's a spiritual world that resists advances of the kingdom of God. You may not see it, be very aware of it, but it is real. And it resists the advances of the kingdom of God. Therefore, if we're going to bring the life of God into the earth and see changes, it will require effort and energy. You have to have effort and energy. It's not all up to God. God has put us here. He says it's up to you. I'll work with you and partner with you, but you have to step up. And uh, so in Matthew chapter 11, verse 12, it says, From the days of John the Baptist till now, the kingdom of heaven suffers violence, and the violent take it by force. Or in the NIV, the kingdom of heaven has been forcefully advancing, and forceful men take hold of it. So in other words, it's saying that every advance of the kingdom of God, someone has to be determined to go there. We didn't get saved when someone first asked us to church. Someone was determined to pray, and eventually God broke through in our life. And I found when we attempted to build a school in Danny Verk, it took me quite some years to break through in the purchase of land. There are many challenges to grow in God, many challenges to fulfill your destiny. But there's one thing absolutely sure, you cannot remain passive and go forward. If you're going to advance, you have to become militant. person who's militant means to be vigorously active to engage in a warfare. So the devil's determined, well, I couldn't stop you being saved, but I can stop you being any use to God. And what's, it, what's uh, at stake for you today? If you don't know Jesus Christ, what's at stake for you is a relationship with the God who loved you, uh, an entrance into eternity with Him. What's at stake is your eternal well-being. If you're here today and you're not a Christian, you need to make a decision to break out of the resistance there's been to that decision and make a decision, I will come to Jesus Christ. If you are already a Christian, what is at stake is your how productive you are as a servant of God. Does, does your life have any impact at all? Does anything happen as a result of you being a Christian that advances the kingdom of God? Was any soul won to Christ through you? At any time. You say, no, well then you're not productive in that area. And this is the area God wants us to engage in, advancing His kingdom 
at the simplest level means people come to know Jesus Christ. But there's many other things that God wants us to advance in as well. So throughout the Bible, God expects us to be aggressive. Not aggressive with people, but aggressive about the things of the Spirit. There's got to be sort of a fire inside. I'll lay hold of it. I won't stay where I am. So, so where is it that God wants us to have that militancy, that strength, that I'm going to determine to go forward? Where does He want us? Well, one is in the love of God. Love of God is something you've got to keep alive in your life. So in Deuteronomy 6 it says, Love the Lord your God with all your heart and all your soul and all your strength and all your might. Well, that requires a bit of effort, doesn't it? See? So you can't love God and be cruisy. You know, loving God will always outwork with things you do. See, another area that we're expected to be aggressive is against spiritual powers. So I don't see them, so they don't bug me. <laughs> yeah, right. James 4, 7, humble yourself under the hand of God. Resist the devil. He's interested in stopping you going any further. And he does that by stealing your dreams, oppressing you, getting you wrapped up in little things, and you miss the big stuff. Uh, so we're to be aggressive against the devil. We're to be aggressive against the pressure the world brings on us to try and think and live like it does. You can't live in this society without feeling pressure. If you're a young person, you're exposed to sexual pressure, alcohol, drugs. As you grow, you're f subject to financial pressures, all kinds of pressures. The world is ceaseless in its demand we conform. And if you're going to be effective for the Lord, you have to make a decision. I'll not copy the ways of the society around me. I will live differently. Okay? So that means if you're a Maori person, you won't live according to the Maori culture. You'll step up into the kingdom culture and you'll push against the things which have been destroying the people of God for centuries. See? Whatever culture we come from, there's another culture. We belong to heaven and we're required to discover what that culture is and advance that. And that doesn't go without some resistance. That's why Jesus said it's always an effort to advance the things of God. And he expects us then to be militant. We're expected to be passionate and militant in the saving of souls. Compel them to come in. In other words, don't just hope everyone gets saved. Here's, here's, it, in a, here's it in a nutshell. People without Christ go to an eternity of suffering and torment. That's a reality. The reason that they don't get saved is they're held in spiritual bondage. Someone must pray and reach that person with the love and kindness of God. That's why we're here. Someone did that for us. Now it's our turn. Take the baton and advance. And when you try to, you get knocked back. We've all been knocked back. Don't be passive. Step up again and say, I will win souls. I won't want to depart from this life without having won some people to the Lord. Hey, what about that? Some of your friends, neighbors, whatever. You say, well, that's hard, Pastor. It's not my thing. Of course it's your thing. Jesus told us all to do it. Of course it's all our thing. We do it individually. We do it corporately, but it's all our thing. It's what we're here for, to advance, make a difference. How do you change a community? One person at a time. That's how it happens. 
And so if you're working in business or wherever you are, God wants you to advance in that area. So other areas to move in miracles. 1 Corinthians 13, 31 tells us to passionately desire operations and gifts of the Spirit. Why? Because if you're not passionate and determined and got some assertiveness in there, it drifts away from you and you don't flow. So I, I can teach you next weekend how to flow in the things of the Spirit, but you will have to get an attitude if you want to keep it. Okay? I can remember when uh, Clark Taylor started imparting uh, through a seminar I went to, and, and I got a tremendous impartation of the Holy Ghost. And then after about three weeks, it lifted. And then I was, I was struggling. He rang me up from Australia. He said, how you doing? I said, well, I'm not doing so good, actually. He said, I'll hop on a plane and come over here, and I'll pray for you again. I thought, whoa. It never occurred, never occurred to me. But you have to pursue. And so I found a way of pursuing until I got hold and kept it around my life. Okay then, so we're getting the idea now. And see, so in the Bible, it's full of examples of this. So for example, here's one of them, Joshua, in Joshua 14. And this is what he says in verse 10. He says, here I am today, 85 years old. I'm as strong today as I was when I was 45. And he says, give me that mountain that's got giants in there. Now that man is a kingdom man. The Holy Ghost sets him out and says, that man's a man that God like, a different spirit. In other words, he hasn't got the slackness and apathy everyone else has got. Here is what a follower of the Lord looks like. At 85, give me another challenge. See? And his name Caleb means to be forcible or to be on the attack in advance. That's what his name means. Not surprising then he steps up and says, I'm 85 today, but I've had a dream, a word from God. Today's my day. Give me that mountain. Give me the giants. If God's with me, I can do it. Don't you like that at 85? Some people retired at 60. Hey? 85, this guy's got fire. Fire. Ha! Got some fire. That's what you and I need, isn't it, eh? Hey, that's, uh, I read that and I get great hope. At 85, I'll still be talking like that. Give me a mountain. Give me another challenge. Eh? You want that, eh? You want to fade away and just grow old and run out of fire and roll over and die. That's not how it is. And we've got some 80-year-olds and 90-year-olds in here. They're full of fire. I love it. It's the way it ought to be. It's a challenge to everyone around us. Woo. How old did you say you were? 80. You don't look 80 to me. You look about 60. Because the fire, the passion, the life of God. Hey man, it doesn't, you just don't get that. It doesn't just come because you hang out in church. It comes because you do something to serve the Lord. Isn't that right? Okay then. So let's move now to where I want to go. I want to talk about passivity. I want to give you several things, statements about passivity. Number one, we'll look in Joshua at chapter 18, verse 3. Joshua 18, verse 3. So let me give you a few things. First of all, passivity, I'll define what it means in a moment, is like a spiritual cancer. We all hate the word cancer. It's got the big C. <gasps> Doomed. That's what people think. Of course, it's not so because you can have a miracle and get healed. It can change. You see, passivity, when people have got passivity in their life, it's just like having a cancer. It grows through your life and eats you out and lose vitality, and in the end, you fall away and you die. You can't be passive if you're a Christian. You've got to be a, get some fire and life in us. Notice what Joshua says here to the people of God. Joshua, his name mean, it means Jesus, the Savior. Joshua, or Jesus said to the children of Israel, Jesus said to the church, Jesus said to Bay City, Jesus said to us, oh, how long will you be slack to go in and possess the land which the Lord God of your fathers has given you? 
I like that statement. It's better in the, in the King James Bible. How long will you be slack? Don't you love that? Isn't just really, that's a good statement. You probably know someone you'd like to say that to. How long will you be slack and won't go in and receive what God wants you to receive? Healing, deliverance, salvation, your family, uh, saved, various things. Huh? <laughs> slack. That word slack means to be idle or passive. How long will you be passive and miss out on God's best for your life? Passivity causes us to miss out. That means also to avoid or put off responsibility or work. So to avoid responsibility, avoid work, being passive, they're all the same thing. Passivity means you just don't try. You're not a hard worker, you're a shirker and slacker. Just the kind the boss wants to employ. Arrived, instead of arriving at 8, arrives at 10 o'clock. Oh, is morning tea ready to be on yet? What happened? Oh, I slept in. Slacker. Half past 11, do we knock off for lunch now? No, 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 slacker. You understand there's something about it. We all know it. We all hate it. Never occurred that we might be spiritually slackers. Oh, well, I know you're talking to someone next to me now. This is not about me at all. I'm just not going there. Talk to the hand, you know. So let's just talk about what passivity means. Okay, passivity means, now I'm going to give you three aspects or ways of, of which, I'll give you four ways. See, so I want us to get what it is we're trying to get rid of. I'll show you how to get rid of it, but I want you to understand what we're trying to get rid of, first of all. So passivity, you could write it down, means yielding to unwanted pressure from people or some other influence without resisting means giving in without trying. Bit of pressure, you give up. Pressure from people, you give in and go along with the flow. See? Passivity means you give up without a fight. You give up even though you don't want to. Oh, I don't really like that, but you give in anyway. All you know someone like that. It also means apathy. Lacking in interest or energy or enthusiasm. No enthusiasm, no energy. Passive people are tired. They've got no energy. When you're with them, your energy is drained. Hey, passive. Here's another definition. It means lacking in personal energy or willpower. They lack the will to go ahead. And you find that's very common in the church of Jesus Christ. A lot of people want God's blessing, but lack the will to do what needs to be done to get it. You have to understand this. God ex expects we participate actively in the things He does. There's no praying and sitting around waiting, hoping something will come through. It doesn't work that way. You've got to step up and do something usually. It means literally going with the flow. Oh, I just go with the flow. Passive, slacker, uh, go with the flow. Oh, well, I just got to take the path of least resistance. Slacker, passive. You know. Can you get any idea? How many of you know people like that? And no oomph in them, no step up in them, no clarity of where they're going. And, you know, anything comes, they just give into it. I have uh, at times, you know, run a meeting and, and rung people to see if they are going to come to the meeting. And they don't know. On Wednesday, they don't know about a Saturday meeting. Now, that, that's slack. Because they haven't actually decided where they want to go. They're waiting to let whatever wind will put them this way or that way. I'm trying to get young people pinned down to come on some kind of night. Oh, well, you know. I'm uh, not sure, not sure, not, we're actually waiting to see if something better comes up. 
you know? Well, that's very passive and slack. It's all about me. It's not about actually advancing in your life at all. You can't build your life unless you step up and break out of being passive and just going with the flow. How many know someone just like that? Okay, that's good. One or two of you do. The rest are not saying anything. It's hot in here. <laughs> Temperature just went up a couple of degrees. Let me give you a couple of... Jesus always requires active faith. Here's Jesus always requires active faith. Faith is always active. You've got to do something. So you'd be amazed how many times people did something and Jesus said, that's faith. So faith that doesn't do anything is nonsense. It's just dead. It's not operating. I'll give you a couple of examples. In uh, Matthew 15, 22, the Syrophoenician woman, she had a child who was uh, demonized. She came to Jesus. Nothing happened. She wasn't, oh. She would not take a no. She kept at it and at it and at it. And Jesus said, whoa, that's faith. That's not a passive person. Oh, Jesus said no. She didn't take no for an answer. She just prayed till she got the miracle. Another guy there, his father came, his son's got, uh, got a demon, and, and, uh, and Jesus said to him, if you can just believe, everything's possible to a believer. It's like an attitude gets in you. It's possible. We can do it. We can do it. You get the idea? Okay then. So there's heaps like that. You can find it all the way. Another example is blind Bartimaeus. Remember blind Bartimaeus? You know what he wanted? I want to see. So did he sit around? You know, when, it, when Jesus came by, he said, who's that? Oh, that's Jesus. He says, yell out, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. I tell him, shut up. Oh, okay. And we'd never have read about him in the Bible. You know why we read about him in the Bible? You know why the Holy Ghost pointed him out? Because that man wasn't a slacker. He wasn't passive. He didn't sit back and say, oh, poor blind, I can't do anything. I can't expect much. I'm just going to beg. Shoot, I got a chance here of breaking out. No one's going to stop me. Hey? No one can stop me. He just yelled and yelled and yelled and yelled. And then Jesus stopped when he heard the yelling. Why? Because Jesus observes faith in action. He gets his attention. And then the people, the crowd, this is what they say. Oh, he's calling for you now. You better come. And he jumped up and threw off the beggar's thing. I'm never going back there. Ran to the Lord and got healed. Now the Bible's full of it. You find the miracles in the Bible. Someone did something. So always God requires us to be active. So you think about advancing things in your own life. You have to have a certain measure where you're active, okay? Now, passivity, here's the next thing. Passivity will always bring you into bondage. It'll bring you into bondage and you'll suffer loss. If you're passive at this point in your life, if you're passive in your faith, I guarantee you're in bondage somewhere in your life to a habit or some problem or some relational issue and you'd like to be free, and I don't know what to do. See, let me just give, I'll just highlight a few examples, just so you can see that whenever you become passive, you end up enslaved and in bondage. There's no neutral ground. Remember what we define, a passive person yields to pressure and gives up without trying. So they'll always end up in bondage. You'll end up bondage to your feelings, in bondage to drugs or food or alcohol or some kind of thing, or in bondage in relationships, because you didn't have the grunt in you to step up and say, no, that's not where I go. Young people, think of all the people you know 
that deeply went off the rails because of one thing, when crowd pressure came on, they didn't have it in them to stay. No! They passively went with the flow. Now, here's one of the problems for the church. The church has to understand we do not go with the flow of society. We don't go with the flow. That dead fish goes with the flow. Live, live ones swim upstream and jump across things. So if we're going to change a culture, change a community, you can't be in agreement with its values and its lifestyle. Well, think about that. You can't be. And so you've got to stand up and you'll find on the journey, people say, how come you're this? How come you do that? How come you don't do this? How come? They'll push against you to get you to shape and conform. You say, no. See, because you, you, you're marching to heaven's sound, not to the culture. We've so accepted it, we haven't recognized that's not what God wants. Okay, get the idea? Now, let me give you a couple of examples. I won't, we won't go into them. We'll just quote them for you, and you can, you can look them up yourself. Uh, right at the very beginning, how come Eve got into such trouble? Well, of course, all the men will know the answer. Well, she just listened to that devil. If she hadn't listened to that snake of the tree, we wouldn't have had any kind of trouble like this. However, if you read in Genesis 3, 7, Adam, her husband, was with her passive, never said anything, the first silent male. <laughs> and when she offered him a bite, no sex tonight if you don't give me a bite. Don't have a bite. So she had a bite. That's it. It's all over. <laughs> he made a decision. She got deceived. He didn't get deceived. He knew what I was up to. See, See where it all ends up in. Hey? And it's right through the Bible it's like that. In 2 Samuel 11, uh, you find at the beginning of that, at the time when kings go to war. In other words, David should have been out in battle because he was called to be a battler and a fighter. He stayed home and was comfortable. Guess what happens? Looked out the window and saw a lovely girl and ended up having a relationship with her and committed adultery. His life had huge troubles. His family had huge troubles. Passivity always leads to troubles. He went with the flow. Oh, feels good. Oh, feels good. Yeah, afterwards it feels real bad. Sin feels good before you do it. Afterwards, oh man, what did I do that for? Hey, think about that. In 1 Kings 21, there's a guy by the name of Ahab married to a woman, Jezebel. Oh, Jezebel. Did you say that word Jezebel? I know she's to blame. No, 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 no. She wasn't. To, she's not the chief one in here. In fact, if you, if you look in the Bible and find where God puts responsibility, he puts it on Ahab. Ahab doesn't get his way, so he does a pout and a sulk and pouts and won't eat and just goes to bed and lies and face the wall. Why well, said, leave it to me. I'll fix it up. I'll get this sorted out for you. So he didn't yield to her witch. He yielded to her witchcraft. And in the end, he was in bondage and he was held responsible. There's heaps of people in New Zealand under the bondage of witchcraft because they never knew how or could stand up to deal with it. We need to learn how to deal with it. Get the idea? Always ends up to bondage. Elijah got passive when Jezebel threatened him. He sat down under a tree and wanted to die. Passivity. Because he was afraid. Get the idea? Now, heaps, heaps them in the Bible. You can find lots. Of, and here's, here's one of the worst ones of all. In Matthew chapter 12, guy gets delivered to demons, and guess what happens to him? They get one demon out of him. Guess where he ends up? Got seven worse ones in there. How did he get seven worse ones in there? 
Ah, simple. He was passive. He never stepped up and changed his life. Passivity leads to bondage. You've got to realize that. You probably know someone just like that. Perhaps you're in that place yourself. We could get out of that. So, passivity causes a slow and steady loss. Let's have a look in, this, in Proverbs 24. I'll, I'll just do this, and we'll get you the keys how to get out of it. I want to get out of this thing. I feel a bit tired, though. Perhaps I could do it tomorrow. <laughs> it's a bit hot. Especially up here. Maybe tomorrow I could do it. Maybe I could do it next week. You see, we're going to finish here. You know what I'm saying? This is the kind of thing. Okay, let's read it here. Proverbs 24. Proverbs 24, and says, verse 30, I went by the feel of the passive man. I went by the vineyard of the man who lacked any spiritual understanding. And there it was. And it wasn't like the harvest festival. Lots of nice music playing and wine everywhere and visitors. It was overgrown with thorns. Its surface was covered with nettles, the wall, nettles or thistles. The stone wall was broken down. And when I saw it, I thought about that. I looked on it, and oh, I learned some lessons. Notice this, a little bit of sleep, a little bit of slumber, a little folding of the hands to rest, so shall poverty come like a man on a journey, surely, steadily, step by step by step. It advances on you. Okay, let's have a quick look into this and see what it says here. It says the slothful, that means the passive or slack man, the one who leans around on the shovel idly. Have you seen those out there working on the side of the road, huh? leaning on the shovel? Slacker. Passive man, huh? See, this is what it says. So it says, the man who leans on the shovel, he's thinking about things. He never does anything. Lots of Christians like that. So that's the lazy man. It says, it says he passed by the field of such a man in the vineyard. Now, you've got to understand there's a literal thing in this. He had a field and he had a vineyard. A field is ground to be tilled. A vineyard are vines to be dressed and protected. The field, you sow seed and it produces fruit. The vine produces fruit. So both of them speak of two things. Number one, the field and the vineyard speak of your personal life. They're a picture of your personal life. Your heart, your inner man, your soul is a field. And if you neglect your field, it'll be full of thorns and thistles. Eh? So, and the Bible tells us that. It says the Word of God is sown in the heart. So the soil is the heart. So it's the field. And the second thing is the soil or the field or the vineyard. I get this one. It is the metron God has entrusted to you while you're on this earth. It is the area of responsibility God has given to you as His representative on the earth. So for you, it could be your workplace, your family, your community, wherever you are positioned. If you're at school, it's there. Wherever you are, God entrusts to you an area for you to cultivate and develop. It is a field. It is a vineyard. It can produce fruit. You can get souls saved. You can see breakthroughs. You can see miracles. You can see changes. One of the things I'm thrilled about with Sarjan is how many people in his work want to come to church for the first time. They're impressed. They are. He's producing fruit, and he's cultivating the, the, the field and the vineyard. So, you know, when you're looking for what people are doing, have a look at what they do in the community, not what they do on Sunday. We all know what they do on Sunday, clap and shout and shout, sing in tongues and stuff. But what are you doing the rest of the week? What are you doing to reach and advance the gospel and win people? Ah, that's the field. So he passed by the field and it was overgrown with thorns and thistles, which are habits that choke you being fruitful 
and the thistles are the prickly things in your life you won't deal with that offend people and hurt people and drive them away from you. Think about that. Tell someone, it's you he's talking about here. I hope, listen up. They need to hear this. You know they need to hear this. You get the idea? Okay, notice this, a little bit of passivity leads to major loss over a period of time. A little bit of passivity. So how are we going to get out of it? Well, let me give you the keys. The first one I want you to use is general principles. Second, I'll give you the specific keys. Here they are. First one in Isaiah 52, verse 1 and 2. Awake, awake, put on your strength, O Zion. Put on your beautiful garments, O Jerusalem. Shake the dust off you. Rise up. Now, you notice all of these are action words, and God's saying, you've got to wake up and shake up. Get rid of the stuff that holds you down. So God obviously puts a, a, a direction to us. We must do something. In Ephesians 6, when he talks about the spiritual warfare we're engaged in, he says, put on the armor of God. Take up the shield. Stop the darts of the devil. That's not passive. You've got to stop those things. They come. Fight the good fight with the Word of God. Eh? Praying always in the Spirit. Stand. Now, those are all dewy words, aren't they? You notice he didn't mention there, come up in an altar call, get someone to help you. It's talking about growing up and being mature believers who know how to step up and hold their ground when pressure comes on them. So if you're involved in a team and pressure comes up on you, will you go with the flow or will you step up, stand up and hold your commitments? That's how it works out. When, when a fiery dart of the devil comes and you get hurt and wounded and fear comes or doubt comes or rejection comes, what are you going to do? Are you going to quench the thing? I love it when in, in that film 300 and that they started to fire these arrows and, and the guys all raised their shields like that. And the arrows came into that and they just struck the shield all over and then he, after the arrows had stopped, he just got his sword out, kajunker, and cut the lot off. Whoa! That's good. That's the kind of stuff. Eh? Deal with it. Deal with it. Deal with your stuff. We give you the equipment to deal with. That's what training and equipping is about, getting tools to deal with your stuff and then to help others deal with theirs. Great. Okay, let's give you the keys then. In James 2, I'm just going to read a verse in James 2, and then we're going to give you just some very simple keys to get out of it. have to think about what to do here. If you don't do anything, you stay where you are. So... Oh, well, perhaps I could look at it tomorrow then. James chapter 2. <laughs> uh, James chapter 2, verse 17. Faith by itself, if it doesn't have any works, is dead. Well, someone says, you have faith, I have works. Well, you show me your faith without your works, and I'll show you my faith by my works. Do you believe there's a God? Well, that's okay. Even the demons believe and tremble. Faith without works is dead. Verse 22. Faith was working together with works. And that's what brought and made the faith mature. If we want to grow in our faith, we have to put our faith to work and do things. Get the idea? Here's the tips. We'll finish them up, get them out of the way. Here we are. Number one, want to break out of passivity. Now, you know someone who needs this, so get it down. Here it is. Number one, you need to recognize and acknowledge it. I'm passive. I'm shut down. I'm a slacker. I'm lazy. I just go with the flow. You need to recognize it. There's no change unless we recognize and acknowledge it. Second, you must decide to commit to the process of change. It's a journey. If you've been a passive person, there can be many reasons for that. Not necessarily all of your own doing. I'll explain that in a moment. Some people are passive because of what happened to them in their journey in life. 
they've actually been held down. I'll show you in a moment what you do to get out of that. You decide whether you stay where you were or whether you get up. Another thing that'll help is fasting and prayer. When you give yourself to a season of fasting and you begin to give yourself to praying God and spending time in His Word, it awakens you to be more sensitive to what's happening in your life. You suddenly have your eyes open. You begin to see how this thing is affecting you. You begin to realize how this thing you've declared war against is affecting you in every area of your life. And you begin to find its power is weakened as you pray and fast. That's why we do it. It doesn't solve it all, but it weakens those things and gives you, you can see it better than you did before. Then, next, next thing, we have to eliminate negative energy drains in our life. Sometimes, if we look at our life, there are negative things that are literally draining the energy out, and there's so much energy drained out, so little coming in, the person's shut down and passive. You've probably met people who are incredibly passive and shut down. And there can be many reasons. So I'm just going to list a few, but every one of these, if it is you, you're not to blame for what happened to you. You are responsible to address it and deal with it because it's your baggage. It's your stuff stopping you going forward. Get any idea? Okay, let me just r- run a few off. Number one, lack of love growing up. Where you've been in a family, there's no nurture, no affection, no love expressed. Can be all kinds of families like that, good families, but no love expressed. The spirit of a child becomes withdrawn and never is drawn out. Love draws a child's spirit out. That's why when I look at children, I always look at whether their spirit is out, whether their soul is open. It tells that there's nurture and love going in. So when there's physical touch and love and words going in, a person's spirit is nurtured and opens up. Now, you're not responsible for what happened to you, but you can recognize what's happened. Forgive the people involved. Position yourself in a group where people can love you, where you can begin to receive for yourself the love of God. Second thing is rejection. We get rejected. All kinds of things happen. We get wounded and hurt. So much wounded and hurt, you just begin to shut down, and then you're overwhelmed by the feelings. Well, get into a restoration retreat or identify where you got hurt, who hurt you, grieve over it, forgive them, bless them, so you can move on. You've got to stand against that rejection that you've held or been around your life making you passive. Another thing is bitterness, where people have hurt us deeply, and you bitter people become very passive spiritually. Bitter people are very passive spiritually. The, the root of bitterness infects every area of their life. You've got to face your bitterness, release forgiveness, start to be a person who speaks words that bless. Uh, another area that can cause us to be passive are what I call word curses, where someone spoke and put you down. Now, some cultures... The put-downs are there all the time. You listen to some families, some ways, and they just put down, put down, put down, put down. Now, when a child's growing up and they're put down all their life, you know what happens? They shut down, become passive. So we need to recognize if there are word curses operating, people to put us down, forgive them, break the agreement of those word curses, step up and start to speak over our life and get others to speak words of encouragement. Another thing that can uh, bring a person passive is witchcraft where you've been in a very controlling environment, uh, whether it be a smothery mother or whether it be someone who's actually very, very controlling and very insensitive or very aggressive or violent, where there's those kind of things, people shut down and become passive. If that's happened, you need to be set free of that, need to step up and forgive the person, make a decision to break up and break out 
of that control and that environment and, and begin to start to form new relationships. We saw Elijah become passive and he wanted to die. A death wish is a wish to die because I've given up. It could be different in life. That is a great expression of passivity. If you made death wish, you need to deal with them. See, we need to deal with the stuff that's, that's contributed to our being passive. Another thing is unfavorable compar- comparisons. Many times in church, people look around and say, well, I'm not as gifted as that, I'm not like that, I can't do this, can't do that. And then what they do is, of course you can't, you're not them. You've got to do what God called you to do. So when you compare with someone else, you shut down your own gift because we always look at the best in someone else and compare it with the worst in us. So stop comparing. Be yourself. Stop comparing. Be yourself. Be genuine, authentic. Disappointments can cause us to lose hope. When you lose hope, people become passive and shut down. Face your disappointments. Now, you may find with these lists of things, you need some help because there's demonic oppression over your life. Maybe you need to go to a retreat, get some counseling, some help, but seek out what help you need. Just don't leave it there. If it's sapping your life energy, deal with it because always there are demons associated with it. Of course, the other one that caused you to be passive is just straight out being lazy. Some people never learn to do a hard day's work. That's why if you, if you get out of employment and you're on the dole, work anyway. So you work because you become a lazy person and your character will decrease. You won't be able to work when the opportunity comes. Any idea? Okay, here's a, so we've got, got some things out to get free. Then, here's a couple more things. Set a few goals for your progress. You've got to set something that'll get you going. You've got to set some little goals you can get success in and ask people to help you and support you. Get in a group. Say, hey, listen, I'm trying to break out of this thing in my life. Can you support me? Can I share with you my goals? Can you ask me how I'm getting on? That'll help you break out. Sometimes we need the help of others to break out of old patterns. You get any idea? I need to celebrate the victories. Celebrate the victories. Celebrate every little breakthrough and learn to express thanks and gratitude and praise. Learn to become more vocal in expression because words change the atmosphere and open your spirit in life. Listen, you can do it. You can do it. You can break out if you choose to. If you know that passivity is over you, believe me, there's a spirit sits over you trying to stop you going forward to your destiny. Why are you slack to step up and inherit and receive all God has for you? Break out of fear, passivity, all these things I've listed. Make a decision to break out. Want to have any musicians up right now? You just come up on the stage. Want to finish now? Want to just give an opportunity for people to respond today? Just for a moment, just close your eyes. Just, I know it's real hot. We want to finish now. Just for a moment, close your eyes. If you're here today and you don't know Jesus Christ, you're here today and you do not know Jesus Christ, you've never become a Christian, never given your life to Him, friend, the greatest empowerment that will take place in your life is a connection to the God who loves you. God loves you. God knows you're separated from Him. He sent Jesus to die on the cross and pay all the penalty for sin so you, by an act of faith, receiving Jesus and walking with Him, could have a change on the inside. Is there anyone here today at that place? Don't put it off. Don't wait for another day. Don't procrastinate. Why not make today the day you came to Christ? Would you raise your hand let me know? I want to become a Christian, okay? Anyone else over here? Down there? Praise the Lord. Anyone else? I wonder today how many Christians felt convicted by the Holy Spirit of passivity. 
neglect your vineyard, your ground, there's a part you've neglected. It may just be one area, maybe just the marriage, maybe your finances, maybe your spiritual life, maybe your relationships, maybe just your, your skills, your attitudes. But you realize today, I'm passive. I have just shut down. Maybe you even know when you're shut down. Why don't you make a decision, I'm not going to stay that way? Perhaps you once were very bold and you witnessed for Christ and run up against some obstacles, difficulties, and lost relationships, and you just shut down inside, you become passive. Now, why don't you say, God, I want to break out of that today. What I'd like to do is just lay hands and pray for every person here that's made a decision. I see passivity in my life. I will work to break out of it. Today when I come up, I'm believing God to give me just a kickstart because that's all we can give you. You can lay hands, rebuke spirits that hold you down, but you have to make the decision to change. And I guarantee you, if you determine to do that, the grace of God will be with you because that's what God wants. He wants you to be on fire, to prosper, be full of the Holy Ghost. So get to hang out with Him some more. Get to let His fire get around your life. Hang out with people who are on fire. Copy what they do. Get their spirit around your life. Start to rise up. Shake the apathy. Shake the stuff that settles like a, a garment over you. Say, oh, I won't have that on me anymore. I'm no longer going to be passive and shut down. I want to become vibrant, alive, and full of the Holy Ghost. I'll do what it takes. If that's you, step up. Make your way up to the front now. Come on, let's do it. Let's not delay. Let's not delay. The Bible says, awake if you're sleeping. Awake, 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 awake. Put on your strength. Uh, put on your beautiful garments, uh, O daughter of Jerusalem. Uh, shake yourself. Uh, shake the dust off. Rise up. If that's you today, why don't you come forward? Let's lift our hands to the Lord. Let's lift our hands to the Lord. We'll need some catches here. I'll need the pastors to come and help me. Don't, don't come up.